Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bad Asian Podcast. I'm your host, David Nguyen. And I'm Imran G. And we are recording live from Japantown, San Jose. I just realized I was I wanted to do karate motions and then I was like, that's really racist. Why? I don't know. Didn't you take karate? I took Taekwondo, oh, which is okay. Korean. Do they have similar motions? Yes, they do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing katas in Japantown right now. Do does South India have a fighting style? Nah, man, we got our peace by not eating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see an uh, Indian fighter in the uh, UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, fight. Yeah. Like, nah, man, I'm just gonna sit in this corner and not eat. So no fighting style at all, huh? I think they have one in the north. Okay. Uh, but I'm not aware of it. I think it's like a Sikh thing. I I really don't know. I I wasn't. They never made any cool movies about them. We didn't have any. You know. Indian I'm pretty sure there's a couple stuff. of Bollywood movies. Uh maybe. I'm <laughs> maybe. not super into Bollywood. Okay. Like I said, I have waded way too deep into this hole, and I can't dig myself out. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like you've let too many seasons pass, and yeah. I was like it's too far gone for it's, you to catch up like, on House of Cards. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I once saw. I think I once sent you a clip of like. A Sikh parliament where they are all fighting each other with swords. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. I was like, why? How did you get this clip, number one? Because uh, here's what people don't understand. When you're of a particular race, you get sent all of the weirdest <laughs> clips of that race. Like, hands up. Like, I have seen every single cutscene of every weird Bollywood movie. I've seen like weird news reports and then people are asking me for clarification and I'm like, I, I was, I have not lived there. I don't know what they do in like Uttar Pradesh or whatever, like some area. They'd be like, why do we need people to do this? I was like, that's one news report. I don't even know where you got this. I've never heard of this before. Why, why am I on the defensive all of a sudden? You're like, I don't even know how American politics work, much less <laughs> why yeah. everybody are fighting each other with swords. <laughs> I wish it's how American do politics you know? I know, right? I was like, do you know? I would actually start watching C-SPAN <laughs> if this shit would happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I do send you a lot of Indian stuff for clarification, and you rarely give me answers. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a lot of Indian art. <laughs> it's yeah. like, explain this to me. I sent you a lot of articles relating to elephants. Yeah. Because you keep emphatically going, why do you think Indian people <laughs> love elephants? It's like, well, there's this article <laughs> where an elephant was running through the streets <laughs> in India. And murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my grandfather used to live in... Um, in an elephant? In an elephant. No, he used yeah. to live in a village out uh, by Bangalore, by like a couple hours. And there were elephants? Wait, is this an elephant story? Yes, okay. it is an elephant story. <laughs> okay. It's an animal story. But I was trying to ask him, because like where we used to live, they used to get attacked by tigers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I remember being a kid and we like, oh, uh, grandpa, I was like, is, I used to call him Dadasab, because that's grandpa in, or what we used to call our, our grandfather. Okay. And I'd be like, Dadasab, I was like, are, are tigers like the craziest animals? And he's like, no, you know what caused the most deaths? And I was like, what? He's like, elephants. They're crazy. He's like, they will just run through the village. And these houses aren't super well built. Because this is like way back when. <laughs> but like these elephants would just roam. And like they would just break into people's houses. And then like step on people. <laughs> and then grab them and like throw them. <laughs> like it was like a thing. Where he'd be like, he was like, you know, when like two reasons people would go running mm -hmm. is like if it was a tiger, like everybody had to tell everybody immediately. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with an elephant. Mm -hmm. If there's a rogue elephant running around, it is not a Dumbo experience. <laughs> <laughs> two great things from this. <laughs> One is like, I wonder if there was like in elephant insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like earthquake fire. It's like, are you sure you don't want to get this elephant insurance? You know where you live, right? We've been having outbreaks recently. You know how it is. It's been an uptake of 30%. It's just for $4 a week. And then you have that one cheap Indian guy. He's like, nah, I think we're good with this elephant insurance. And then lo and behold, he gets, he gets thrown hit. around. And that's it. They're like, what happened to you? And he's like, the rain. <laughs> Really, the rain. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the rain made tusk-shaped holes in your walls. Rain.
brain gored you. It gored you and flattened your leg. Is that what it did? Yeah, man. It was hard rain. <laughs> two, your grandfather has like the best first world problem <laughs> put down. <laughs> it's like people keep calling me Ron at school. It's like, oh, yeah, what an outfit ran through my house. <laughs> Shut up, Ron. <laughs> Like microaggression. You heard of elephant aggression? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. My grandfather's stories were so different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> his his were more whimsical, not whimsical. His had more danger in animals. Um, maybe a little uh politically incorrect, <laughs> but a little jungle booky. <laughs> <laughs> No CGI. Yeah, he used to tell me stories about um, snakes all the time. <laughs> like, name Shere What are you about Shere Khan? <laughs> He's like, There's a, Shere Khan is loose yeah. in the village. Be careful about this out. He's like, don't look a snake in the eyes. They'll hypnotize you. No, he used to tell me, like, um, so a little backstory. In order for um, my grandfather to make money to send my dad to school, what he'd have to do is he'd have to peddle rice. From well, one, uh, pedal rice, yeah, yeah. So, like on a, a bike. So what he used to do was he would buy rice in like one of the Indian states where it's lower, and then bring it over over the darkness of night on like a donkey, and go cut through the mountains and then bring it here and then sell it. Here's for, where it's here. Sorry, sell it to where the village is at a premium. That's not in India. It's still in India. Why did you say Indian state? They're different states. Okay. India has different states. Right. Um, <clears throat> so he would do that. No, not right. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he would do that and he would make money. But the thing is, like, it's illegal. So would he have to do it under the, the darkness of night? So he would be going through the jungle with this donkey and all this rice. And he'd have to go back and forth, back and forth. And so he used to tell me all the different things that used to happen. Wait, hold on, real quick. Did you ever watch Gran Turismo? Or no, wait, not, not Gran Turismo. Did you ever watch uh, what was that drifting anime called? The drifting anime. Yeah, Initial D. No, I haven't. Okay, damn. Well, the whole series was based on a guy who had to like deliver tofu across the mountain <laughs> in a Toyota. <laughs> Is this the Indian version? <laughs> Of initial T. It's a retro, <laughs> retro version. Yeah, yeah. Where he would drift a donkey into the warning <laughs> ropes. All right, go on. Thank you for that. Thank you for that anecdote, David. <laughs> Thank you for comparing my grandfather's life to an anime <laughs> yeah. called Initial D. I'm just trying to get the uh, Asian <laughs> audiences to relate to your father's life. Okay, so your grandfather initial was... Initial D sounds like the first dick you take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he would have to do this, and so his story was like, you can't see, he used to have um, a flashlight towards the end of this when he was doing, but originally he just had a lantern. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he would walk around with his lantern, and you could only see for so far um, with the lantern, so he'd have to like listen mm-hmm. like very carefully. And so he said that like snakes, for the most part, were okay if you could hear them, mm-hmm. because they'd usually be lying there, mm-hmm. and half of the time he'd like shine the light on them and they'd have eaten like a goat so they were just full just kind of laying there and just whatever and as long as you went around them they didn't care but every once in a while when they were really hungry that's when you had to be careful because they wouldn't necessarily attack him but they'd attack the goat i thought it was sorry the donkey. sorry the donkey okay and um that's what he was worried about okay so he it was like a like a shitty a video game where you have to do like those missions where you have to make sure the guy is alive when you get him from point A to point B. I see. That's basically what my grandfather was doing. Yeah, for he was money. Like the transporter. He was the transport. He was the rice transporter. Or he was initial D. <laughs> initial D. <laughs> D for initial- donkey. <laughs> D for donkey. <laughs> he was Indian D. <laughs> Indian D. <laughs> I feel like that should be my tag name. That's the uh, name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what people are going to be thinking. They're like, I thought this podcast was about Jay-Z. <laughs> I thought this podcast was about the culture and being honest. 
<laughs> nope, donkey stories. Donkey stories. Donkeys and elephant stories. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he used to tell me like every once in a while, um, there'd be like a tiger loose. Mm-hmm. And he'd have to try to figure out where the tiger would most likely try to attack people mm-hmm. and then plan a route that's different from that. And I was like, that's kind of messed up. I was, I was like, were you like good at that? He was like, oh, yeah, I was great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is such a weird skill to have. Be like, to look at a map and be like, yeah, if I was a tiger, I'd eat all these people. And so I should walk around this side. And I was like, man, it just sucks that you can't ever use that skill set towards anything else. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know how like you're really good at that Ninja Turtles video game? I was like the same way, but with tigers. <laughs> Like every time I get to the end of my route, I would go cow up on the <laughs> Oh, man. What about your grandpa? Do you have any crazy stories? No. <laughs> Did you ever meet your grandpa? Uh, no. I met my grandma, but she was so old and um, on her way out. Yeah. And plus, she didn't have any teeth, so I couldn't understand. She had like a very thick accent, too. Okay. Uh, but my mom told me a couple of crazy stories, and then my dad told me crazy stories too. But it's like all serious stuff oh, during yeah. the war. Oh. So they don't, they don't have any happy animal stories, no. <laughs> like stampede stories. <laughs> <laughs> I should ask. It's like, hey, you have any cool tiger stories? <laughs> like, everyone's uh, making me feel like uh, a little inadequate here. <laughs> I will. I will say this about my grandfather though. He took me and my sister on a special boat ride. I forgot where it was. Um, but the hats look like the, I mean, the, the boat looked like the opposite of a rice hat. Okay. It like upside down. So it was this big circle that kind of came up into a point. So we're all on this they thing. They call it a cone. <laughs> a cone. So, um, we were on this boat and we're just kind of playing around and I stuck my hand in the water and he got so mad. He ha- he took my hand out and he slapped my hand. Mm-hmm. He was just like, don't put your hand in there. There's alligators in there. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, this is alligator infested waters. Don't put your hand, don't put, don't play or anything. And I was like, why the fuck am I in this thing? And he's like, to get to the other side, there's cool stuff over there. And I was like, why? This is, what am I doing here? I was like, I've seen an alligator once. And that was in a zoo, and it was like one of those things where you're like half above water and half underwater, so you know exactly what he's doing. You can see anything here. And the, there were other people there in boats. They gave a little spiel. They were like, don't go swimming here. If you go swimming, uh, if your son goes swimming, say bye to your son. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like their like Disney spiel at the beginning where they're like, if your child... And, and they, everybody laughed. <laughs> yeah. Like, if your child falls in the water, they did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my grandfather didn't care about that kind of stuff, man. He was just like, oh, let's just... Duh, he knows how like tigers work. <laughs> I know. He knows, he knows he's like a tiger whisperer or something. I don't know. Evidently alligator. Like he passed none of that on to None your of father. that to me. I none mean first off to your father. No, my dad was regulated to school. If he was gonna pass it to anyone, it probably would have been. Okay. Do you feel like your father walks around and is like, damn, wish I knew some of that tiger shit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he'd be like, Man, it would probably help me a lot in this safe way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You ever talk to your dad about like, hey, how come you guys never learned about that tiger donkey peddling <laughs> skills? Well, we didn't. I don't think my dad knew until after the fact. Okay. Because my dad went to. So basically, my dad got scholarships. Uh-huh. And so part of it was room and board. Uh huh. So as long as my grandfather kept paying, they kept my dad at the school. Uh huh. So that's how my dad went to school. Do you think your dad had any kind of, um, you know, how like sometimes fathers and sons don't get along? Yeah. Was there any kind of like beef? between your dad and your grandfather like issues like what do i have to go to school so listen i am not fighting tigers and <laughs> so be you a- could grow up to fight tigers and snakes yeah he's like it's no like, i want to fight alligators he's like you got a bee <laughs> do you know how many people died <laughs> oh see for me to pay this uh, this semester's tuition and i remember you told me like your dad is amazing right like yeah, he graduated really like top of this class yeah, yeah you know why because of that pressure <laughs> that tiger pressure no tiger pressure that's how you get bees that's what happened with me wait were you valedictorian of your high school i was not valedictorian you know why because i there were no my dad didn't have yeah, no tiger pressure yeah, your dad had no tiger pressure god you need tiger pressure to put onto your kids that's how you have good 
hard working achieving children you know what you have to do Emron? you have, you to, have m- to deal with tigers you as have a to move to like one of those red states okay <laughs> so like you can have like adversity <laughs> so like instead of your, uh, your how your grandfather had to like smuggle rice into yeah, like yeah, yeah. T- tiger and snake infested jungles you need to like walk to a grocery stores <laughs> in an open carry state <laughs> in like a turban and then survive that so yeah. you can go to your kids like listen <laughs> fuck your microaggressions <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have to deal with trump supporters in my life okay you know what it's like now go out there and be prosperous yeah oh it all makes sense now like the generations that uh the further away you are from like that kind of hardship, the more watered down you are. Ah, and the more softer you yeah, are. Yeah, because like your dad was like, you know, scholarships and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Did you get scholarships? I did get scholarships. Okay, so you guys are almost the same level, but like. No, I'm not on the level. Of okay, my dad. so your dad probably valedictorian? Oh, yeah. My dad, okay, the, here's the thing. In India, they rate you <laughs> in classes. Uh-huh. My dad has never come second. Yeah. <laughs> from See? kindergarten. Yeah, okay. And my grandfather used to say that with such pride. Yeah. He's like, my son has never come second. Right. And I was like, God damn, no one. It's like, I could hear that was in his head when he's like peddling rice. He's like, we're number one. <laughs> we're number one. <laughs> I was like, this we're is all worth one. it. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get out of here. Oh, man. Which but, is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, you're a generation removed from that kind of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're soft now co- compared to me. Oh, speaking. yeah, definitely. And then I can only imagine how like cushy, like cloud marshmallow your kid's going to be. Oh, man, that makes Unless sad. you have like some kind of uh, adversity to force that kid into really being spectacular. Well, we need to get Trump elected. See, this is why <laughs> you need to let me hit your children. <laughs> Because your adversity will be able to translate. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen, my adversity is I have horrible choice in friends. <laughs> and if you don't graduate valedictorian, he's going to kick the shit out of you. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm allowing this, but that's just the way it is. He's my educational enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, I have to invent tigers and snakes <laughs> because I live in a culture that doesn't have any actual problems. <laughs> I always felt like if my grandfather watched Indiana Jones, he'd be like, yeah, why is it always snakes? (laughs) He's all pussy. (laughs) But yeah, that's, it all makes sense now why you're so soft. (laughs) Uh Thanks, David. Thanks. All right. So uh, recently, Emran and I performed at a kind of a multicultural event. Yeah, it was a, it's Asian Heritage Month. Did you guys know that? <laughs> I forget every year. <laughs> I know of it. I just forget about it every year. I, I only remember when we get asked to do stuff for the festival. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't think uh, Indian people are Asian. Emron's Indian, if you guys didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you celebrate Asian Heritage Month? Or do you feel like there's to be... Is there a... Wait, hold on. Is there a South Asian Heritage Month? No. Okay. So do you feel like there should be a month dedicated to your people's? No. Okay. You're just completely comfortable hopping onto my Heritage Month. I am completely hopping. I am hopping. We're hopping. Do you even feel like you're hopping or it's like, yeah, this is my month too? No, this is my month too. That's how I feel. I was just like, I don't I don't care. All right. I knew we were going to start arguing again whether Indians are uh, Asian or not. not. I was like, I've seen, I've seen Russian people celebrate Asian festival stuff. No, you stuff. haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't. I was lying <laughs> blatantly. <laughs> All right. Um, so how did you feel about what we did? Because essentially um, what Emma and I did was we made a room full of Asian people very uncomfortable by talking about Asian shit, but in like a very honest way. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting. I really, I recorded it, mm-hmm. um, but the, the quality is not great because it was on my iPhone. It's not like this quality, right? No, no, not at all. This is premium grade Amazon level quality. <laughs> the finest sub forty dollar quality <laughs> you can get. Yeah, so we went to um this Asian festival and they asked us to do some comedy stuff and we we decided to do our podcast live. Uh-huh. Uh which was very interesting. I liked it. I liked it. I had fun. Uh, it was clear that the people who enjoyed it really enjoyed it, and the people who did not hated us. Or at least they kept it to themselves. I'm pretty sure they talked a lot of trash about us after we left. It's like, who do they think they are speaking the truth like that, <laughs> telling me how I feel? I know. But, I mean, the whole point of us going up there and talking was, you know, I 
the issue that I've always had with these events is that it's just a bunch of like-minded people all kind of having the same point of view, just kind of reiterating, reiterating the same thing over and over again, where it's like, yeah, this is how I feel. And they're like, this is how I feel. And they don't want to look at anything from a different perspective. It kind of makes me feel bad for white guys in America. Why is that? Because every time you go to one of these uh, cultural pride oh, yeah. events, it's always down with the male white privilege patriarchy. And it's like, <laughs> damn, are white guys really that oppressive? Yes, but also <laughs> I feel like... It, it, They're just sitting there like, I'm just here to support my <laughs> girlfriend. Just, I'm just here to support my girlfriend. Just keep your head down. Just keep your head down. Don't say anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe you'll make it through this alive. But it is a lot of just white male bashing. And a part of me just, I don't know if it's compassion or if I'm just a natural contrarian, but it makes me feel like I need to start considering their feelings. It's like, are they really this awful? I think the answer is still yes. <laughs> but it can't be to the degree that, we all make it seem to be, you know? I, I feel like the ones who show up mm-hmm. are the ones who don't feel that way. But also, they're kind of the worst, too. Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, you following the election, um, the whole Bernie Sanders, the people who are really into Bernie Sanders yeah. are really starting to turn me off on Bernie Sanders. Yeah, didn't they beat up somebody recently? They beat up like a Trump supporter who showed <laughs> I, up, and I was like, You're, that doesn't make you any better. I see all this happening, and it's... I'm very interested to see what happens if someone like Hillary gets elected. When someone like Hillary gets yeah, elected? Yeah, when someone like Hillary gets elected. Because what's going to happen is like you have all these very unsatisfied Trump supporters, uh-huh. and then you have these very unsatisfied Bernie supporters, and they're everybody's just unhappy. See, I think that's the way to go, though. You think that's... I mean, ultimately, that's how a real revolution happens. Oh, I mean, like, that's how democracy kind of works. Because when you compromise... You're not going to be happy. Right. So if Bernie wins, half the people are unhappy and then the other half are happy and vice versa. If Trump wins, half the people are going to be happy and then the other half are going to be unhappy. But if Hillary wins, nobody's happy. That's, what That's I'm the way to go. Yeah. That's the way to go because like now everybody's kind of in the same boat together. That's what compromise is. Have everybody lose? Have everybody lose. You're... Either everybody That's wins. That's how a revolution starts. Either everybody wins or everybody loses. No, the revolution starts when a small fraction of the people are winning and then everybody else is losing. But, but what, if everybody across the board loses, that's the best because then you there's a sense of camaraderie. It's like, oh, I'm unhappy. When everybody loses and the same people win, which is basically like the Bushes and the Clintons and all that other stuff, I think that's what's it's going to make it worse. I feel like this election pulled back the curtain on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people who were just kind of like mindlessly going through or just like, oh no, you know, democracy, like half paying attention and not like Trump brought a lot of, I guess, views. I like, he, like he forced a lot of people to start watching because they were like, oh, this is crazy. Look how funny this is. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, nobody else is left. And then they were like, well, we got Bernie. And then Bernie is systematically getting shut out by his own party. And then all of a sudden, well, everybody's Technically, like, Bernie's independent. Well, yeah. So but you know what I'm saying. He's getting shut out by a party that he never really affiliated with. Fair. Technically speaking. Technically, yes. but... <laughs> technically. Still. It's like, a lot of people are like, well, you know, she's uh, like stopping his delegates from showing up or trying to pull all these rules. And so, like, people who want to try to bring their candidate in can't. But the Democratic Party is a private party. No, I. That's within the rights to shut somebody out. That is something I don't think any, a lot of people, mm-hmm. myself included, knew okay. before this election. All right. I did not know they were a private party. I thought they were just the party. Uh huh. You know, just like the Republican Party. I had no idea that you could even privatize a party. To me, I just been watching this election and been like, "Yo, House of Cards is on point. <laughs> it's all coming true." All I know is everything's happening so far makes me really support Hillary even more. I feel like everybody who supports Beyonce should also support Hillary. Why is that? Because Hillary is the political Beyonce. They got cheated on the, by their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> and they made lemonade. Right? <laughs> if you don't... Hillary, if Hillary wins the presidency... She is above Beyonce. All the praise people are like, oh, Beyonce, you're so brave for turning your hurt into this amazing album. Look what Hillary Clinton has done, dude. <laughs> She's turned her hurt into the first woman president. Yeah. And it's not even confirmed. Possible president. Yeah. 
it's not even confirmed Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. We all know what Bill did. Technically, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't inhale, no. I forgot how he tried to get around it. He was like, define sex or something like that. He was trying to argue semantics. Yeah, he's like, I did not have sexual relations, relations with, with that, that woman. woman. And he's like, well, define sexual relations. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get around it. It's a plausible deniability. Yeah, that's all Jay-Z needs to do. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Hillary Clinton is the Beyonce of politics. You can't deny her this. You have to give it to her. <laughs> I don't know if she's the Beyonce of politics. Who's the Beyonce of politics? Obama? No, Michelle Obama? No. I mean, no one's cheated on Obama yet. On um, Michelle? Or, or Barack. Or Barack. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I'll give it to, I'll give it to David. Hillary Clinton is the Beyonce of politics. The greatest woman alive. <laughs> And if you're a woman and you get cheated on and you don't do something amazing after you get cheated on, you kind of ain't shit and you deserve to get cheated on, I feel. Because <laughs> think about it. I think they this set, is a lesson they, to turn your pain into something productive. Yeah, they set a weird precedent for women. Yeah, if you get cheated on now. When you get cheated on when now. You, when you get cheated like on if now. Like if you have a girlfriend, if you cheat on her, that's for her own good. <laughs> you see, I would like, love to hear you explain this to her. <laughs> Listen, Emron needs a cheat. You know all those hopes and dreams you've been having, and you know how they haven't been fully realized? That's because you haven't had the necessary adversity and heartache to motivate you. You need pain. Yeah. Like, Emron, he doesn't want to cheat. Do you understand? <laughs> He's doing this for you. This is all for you. God, I don't think women understand the depths of love men have for them. Like... We're compromising our integrity. Do you understand that? Like, I, have think, to, I have to walk around with this label as a cheater for the rest like of my life. Adultery is a sin. He's <laughs> taking that sin on for you. <laughs> and what are you going to do? <laughs> Burn his clothes? That's so disrespectful. Do you see this A on my shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not an Alvin in the Chipmunk shirt. <laughs> it stands for adulterer. <laughs> but he did this for you, okay? Yeah. Um, He's well, <laughs> were we talking about the, the Asian show? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about you cheating for your own girlfriend's <laughs> benefit, all right? Oh, man. How did you feel about the Asian show? I, it was uh, exactly what I, ex I expected it to yeah. be. You go out there and you present uh, honesty, yeah. and people will tighten up because... We don't want to deal with the truth. We love the dream. Right. Because have you ever had a dream? It's nice. It is nice. Yeah. That's, that's why we all chase the dream. We don't chase the truth. No, it's better to speak the truth. It's better to speak the truth. But then it's easier to like live in a lie. That is true. It's like... Words of wisdom yeah. by David Nguyen. <laughs> like we go to your girlfriend and say, hey, everyone's faithful. <laughs> like, that's a dream. <laughs> Stop painting me in this light. <laughs> You're like the opposite of a guy who would actually cheat. <laughs> or are you? I don't know. How do you feel about cheating? Um, I don't... For you or not for you? Not for me. Would you have the courage to break up with somebody before you cheat? Yeah. But how would you feel if you knew cheating would inspire your girlfriend to greatness? <laughs> I would take that knee. <laughs> yeah. If it was to, I'd be like, go be free without me. But that is an interesting question. If, if, would you leave your girlfriend if it meant that she would be much better off? I guess so. You? Depends how much I care about her. If yeah. I kind of hate her, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you just look at her day after day, be like, you don't even know your potential. Yeah. <laughs> This is how much I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to stay in a long, committed relationship out of pettiness. Every, That's more within my personality. Every time you can't pick a place to eat, I'm just looking at you, <laughs> knowing that you could be more yeah. and aren't. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I couldn't cheat. Even though it means propelling your girlfriend into something amazing. Uh, you know what it is? I'm, I'm too selfish. And let me explain this. You're too selfish I, to cheat? I'm too selfish to cheat because I pride myself on not having 
the cheater label. Yeah. So me not cheating on my girlfriend has nothing to do yeah, with my yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I get it that. has everything to do with me. It's like yeah. I'm not a cheater. Yeah. I am loyal. You think I'm my gonna... word is yeah. is is strong. It's it's a good bond. So fuck cheating. Yeah, you think I'm gonna give you the satisfaction of cheating on you? <laughs> <laughs> you think you're gonna listen to Lemonade and like connect it <laughs> yeah. in an emotional level? Uh uh uh. Nope. Nope. Yeah, wait till somebody else cheats on you. You're not gonna get that from me. God damn right. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have no re- relatability from me. Yeah, <laughs> go listen to Solange or something. <laughs> That's for you. Go listen to Michelle or Kelly. You don't get to enjoy lemonade like that. Oh man! All right, so back to this Asian. <laughs> yeah, this Asian show. Oh, uh, funny anecdote. Do you know we were supposed to get paid? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I feel like it might be coming. She might be getting stuff ready, but I, I just thought it was funny because, like, you and I bolted out of there. I had stuff to do. So did I, but it, both of us just left after our set, basically. Uh-huh. I took some food with me. <laughs> oh, nice. I I didn't do anything. I just I got my car and I left. And it was interesting to me because the people who wanted or who thought about what we were trying to say or what we were saying, like, oh, yeah. really responded well. Right. And then there were the people who had the visceral reaction who were like, that's not. Did anyone talk to you? Um, the girl who was arguing with us in the beginning when it came to microaggressions. Uh huh. She came afterwards mm-hmm. and was just like, I was like, hey, thanks for being part of the conversation. Because mm-hmm. that's the most that I was going to say. And she was like, I didn't agree with some of the stuff you guys said. And I was like, okay. But as long as you think about it, that's all I can ask. You know, but the main thing is these. Did you want her to agree with everything we said? No. Okay. The main thing is. I did. (laughs) I want to be right all the time. Most of these people haven't been asked these questions or even like thought about thinking about it in a different way. Yeah. I feel feel like like we should describe what we're trying, what we were talking about anyway. Oh, so I mean, people, I hope they got an idea of what we were saying Uh, Based on this whole thing, we just talked about cheating. Yeah. It's more like that, but applied to race. Yeah. So, Emron and I open up the conversation regarding microaggression and cultural appropriation. Uh, regarding to proper, a cultural appropriation, uh, I don't think that's a... It's real, but it's not, like, about race. I think uh, people right. appropriate cool culture. We're not trying to appropriate actual black culture or Native right. American culture. Mm-hmm. It's just you see... Uh, it just happens right now. Black people get to define what's cool in America. Yeah. So we see that. It's like, oh, shit, I want to copy that. I want to be cool. Yeah. I don't know how to be cool. How do I be cool? I copy someone who is cool. Who's cool? Black people are cool. Yeah. And so I wear sneakers and snapbacks because I kind of want to be cool or at least dress fresh. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, um, I guess, white people who go to Coachella. Yeah. They say, oh, I want to wear a Native American headdress. It's like, why? It's like. Do you think white people really want to be like Native Americans? Like, do you think they all want to have horrible alcoholism and be chased off their <laughs> land and be given smallpox blankets? <laughs> yeah. No, they don't want that. They just want to wear the cool hat. That's it. And so that was kind of some of the points that we made. I was trying to talk about how appropriation to me, um, there's always a fiscal component. There's always like P.F. Chang's to me is the definition of appropriation. That's what it's always been. And so we were talking about that. We were talking about safe spaces because in um, Oregon recently there is a white student group who wants a safe space. And I had never heard of safe spaces before. It's basically a place where you go where only you can be around people who are very who are basically exactly like you and you don't have to worry about what's happening in the world. It's safe. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I was like, that's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Number one, for any, and I didn't know that this had already existed for other races. And mm-hmm. I was like, first off, that's, that's weird. Number two. Is it weird? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have like a cultural center, like uh-huh. off campus or something like that, or you have a group, mm-hmm. but to have like an area that's designated only for you and your kind, mm-hmm. that's segregation. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> way, to could have, way to put a good term on that word. <laughs> safe spaces for races or segregation that's it's what for it segregation is. It's, it's not necessarily for racism but no it no, is no. For segregation. Yeah, no what i'm saying is like if you do it by race yeah. it's it's segregation yeah. by definition so um we didn't like that 
But then I was trying to argue the point that if other races have these safe spaces, then yes, white people should too. They're still people. I, I don't I don't understand why you would be like, no, it's for everyone can have this, but you can't have this. And they were not on board well, with that. Well, I feel like when... Um ethnic people get together we're like let's organize a parade <laughs> and when white people get together it's like let's wipe some <laughs> people <laughs> off the face of the earth <laughs> just build talk a float it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey let's organize a parade for the ethnic people <laughs> where they march out of the city <laughs> no i i always felt uh whenever a group of white people get together uh-huh. it's usually people of the same faith and they're always like yeah let's convert them <laughs> okay <that's- laughs> But I feel like uh, not, not to all, all I'm, the, my main uh, point was that just because they're white doesn't mean that they should be treated differently so much so that if they want a safe space and you've given it to a lot of other people, then, yeah, you should give it to them, too. I, I feel that is true in theory, but we've just been burned by so many white people in the <laughs> past. Like, I feel people of color just we just can't trust them. Yeah. You just I can't mean, trust white man. These new, these kids who are in college now are just so, I don't, they're non-threatening to me. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's how they get you. Whatever. They play the long con. I will throw a bag of peanuts at them (laughs) and a bag of bread (laughs) and they will all die. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. There there has to be a uh, House of Cards episode that (laughs) thoroughly explains what's going on. (laughs) For me, it's like, you just gotta gotta keep watching them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That whole stay woke (laughs) hashtag. But it it is funny, because I I was having an argument with a Filipino friend of mine two weeks ago, and he is very prominent within the Filipino community here in the Bay Area. And he is from the Philippines. Like, he immigrated over himself, and he's still an artist. And he has um, beef with somebody who's Filipino American, and basically what they've what this person has done is Race shed war. no. What she's done is like she's shed her American aspect mm-hmm. and just has completely uh, tried to become a Filipino person from the Philippines. So much so that all of her art is like, here's how they do it in this village. Here's how they do it here. And then she's trying to represent that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand his beef at all. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, well, if she's a Filipino-American, isn't it better to have her be a representative of your culture rather than having no representative? Mm -hmm. But he's like, well, the way he tried to explain it to me, and I didn't realize it until the show, was that when somebody is like they're making stuff up, so, so like this Filipino girl doesn't have a full grasp on the culture. Because she's from America? Because she's from America. So whatever hole she has, or if she's trying to paint a strife, mm-hmm. like she will invent one. Oh, really? Yeah. In what way has she invented a strife? I can't speak to that on her, but I will, I'll put, give you the example when I went to the, to the thing that we went. Okay. So when we went, there was that Indian girl who was talking about saris. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how her mom wore a sari and her grandma wore a sari. And in America, you're not allowed to wear a sari. Uh And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, people wear saris. My grandma was wearing saris and and uh, what were they? New balances when she was rocking out here. Like they just they can wear whatever they want. She's like, yeah, you get looked at weird. Right. And I was like, number one, clearly you haven't been to Fremont. Right. Number two. That you're inventing a strife that doesn't exist. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like nobody is trying to prevent you from wearing saris. And what she did after that was she's like, so what I decided to do was take my grandmother's old saris and turn them into pillows. And I was like, what the fuck is any of this? Like, what is any of this? And at that moment, that's the point where I understood. Because people do give you a look if you wear a sari. They look at you weird when you wear anything that's not jeans and shirts. Isn't that the point of what she was trying to make? No. The point that I was trying, that she was trying to make was that you can't wear a sari at all. Because, yeah, because it's not what's acceptable. Right. And I was like, people look at me weird when I wear a suit. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not in a bad way. They just look at you differently when you wear a suit. Uh-huh. It's like, it's presentability. It's not ne- necessarily negative. But she was trying to say, and I was trying to talk to her afterwards, and I was like, it was, I think she's like second generation and she's mixed. Mm-hmm. And not trying to hold that over anybody, but it was like, you the should, because you're pure blue. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that she was saying about like India, I was like, what are you, or like Indian culture? I It was like stuff that I've never even heard of. And I was like, oh, maybe it's like the way that your family is. And so I was trying to pull that out of her. And I was like, the more questions I asked, I was like, oh, I don't think this is a thing. I think you just kind of made it in front of people who don't know what's going on and then try to present it as a, as a personal strife as, as art. Because I was like, if you really want to make an Indian pillow, just stick it in the kitchen when somebody's making Indian food. And that will smell like Indian food for months like that is the most Indian pillow you could make aside from whatever she did was making it out of old clothes. I don't, I just, I didn't understand the significance of her art, but then I'm very art inept. Uh, <laughs> okay. I feel, uh, oftentimes the clothing is more about like just the confidence sure. in wearing it. Yeah. I mean, Jaden Smith, Where's wears a dress. Yeah, he wears a dress. He wore a he Batman wore a, costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the wore, and people looked at him weird. You know what? He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's a, my, that was my whole thing. I was like, and nothing's more American than Batman. <laughs> Maybe Superman. Maybe Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's Kryptonian. <laughs> uh, I like how both our brains are. Technically, Superman was a Jew. <laughs> okay. Well, he was. They're that, Americans too. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to say. Like, Ron rolled was, his eyes when I said <laughs> that. <laughs> Ebron, he was raised Muslim, so you know how they feel about Jews. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> um, well, what were you even talking about? You completely derailed me. <laughs> That's why Ebron hates Superman. By the way. <laughs> He hates Superman. It all comes together now. I get it. I don't like Superman. Yeah, you for don't. The simple fact that he's just too powerful and he's kind of boring. Which is a metaphor for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> How I feel about Judaism, David. I just feel like it's all powerful. No, man. Um, I. But it was in after going to that event, uh-huh. I realized I was like, oh, this is somebody inventing something for art. Sometimes you do look at people who um, really representing the culture as dramatic. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that was probably the best term to use for a lot of the stuff that we saw. Or melodramatic. Melodramatic. It's like, like again, it's like well, what we talked about in the beginning. Is like, is it really that bad? Yes, but also, <laughs> it can't be that bad. Yeah. How do you feel about microaggressions? This is something that's just kind of crept up yeah, it's within like, a like word. This, yeah. within the last six months to yeah. a year. It's like a word I learned two years ago, along with patriarchy and kale. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Hassan Minhaj, the uh, correspondent on the Daily Show, uh-huh. he had a great take on microaggression because. Uh, there was like this interview he did where he talked about how he would go to his parents and talk about how like, you know, he would be faced with microaggression Mm -hmm. and his father didn't understand because he came from a generation where they they had aggression, aggression. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? Like people are like, uh, we're going through wars right now, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, you know, people make fun of you because you're brown. Boo hoo. Like people were getting their heads (laughs) chopped off (laughs) because they're brown. (laughs) It's like figure it out. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, microaggression does exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, here. In a grander philosophical sense of things, it's not reasonable to expect a world without aggression. Right. Like, Either great aggression, <laughs> or aggression, aggression, or microaggression. Right. People are gonna be dicks to each other. Mm-hmm. I, I remember this was one of the topics that we talked about on the on the show because we were talking about this video that I had seen where people get it was basically a bunch of Asian and Indian people talking about how they get angry when people ask them where they're from. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what's worse than being asked where you're from? People a, guessing people or people being a dick about it. Yeah. And and it was kind of funny 
because when we were getting off stage, I don't know if you heard, but like that kid mm-hmm. who was just like, oh, I'm I'm Vietnamese and my friend asked me if I was Filipino and I got mad. Yeah. And I was like, why? I was like, if she's Filipino and she likes Filipinos because she's Filipino and thinks you're one of her, that's a term of endearment. Yeah, she's, she's trying not to trying make to, you one. Yeah, it's it's not trying to put you down. Yeah. Why, why are you getting so mad? And wh- like, how do you feel about that other race so much so that you're like oh i'm not that race right because if you sometimes ask i mean i guess you can i understand people get annoyed but also okay so yes i get it not all asian people look alike but they also kind of all look alike (laughs) all right you know how snowflakes are all different different Mm -hmm. but also all snowflakes are the same they're ice crystals that fall from the sky sure that's like an inherent quality of a snowflake okay so they're all the same, but they're all different at the are same you, time. Are you trying to call Asian snowflakes right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> We're magical. Can I turn that into a racial slur? Go ahead. <laughs> Bunch of snowflakes. Wait, are you an Asian? Yes. Are you a? Sn- I guess you- I'd be a dirty snowflake. <laughs> are you a South snowflake? <laughs> South snowflake. So all Asians look alike, but to the untrained eye, yeah. Even to the trained eye. I mean, I can tell a difference between you and John Cho. Um, what I'm trying to say is like you guys have similar characteristics, but you don't look exactly. Yes. So the same. how many people have trained eyes in the world? Very little. Very little. Okay. So it's reasonable to expect that they're not going to know the difference between one culture to another. Yeah. Like if if a Pakistani person were to stand right next to you, and a Bangladesh person stood right next to you, I would not know <laughs> which. Like there's no discerning kind of. Right. And right. plus, like. Not even culturally speaking, I'm pretty sure there's many differences, but uh, genetically speaking, I don't think there's a difference between an Indian person and like a Pakistani person and a Pakistani person or a you know Bangladesh person. Like yeah, it, more or less, it's very with, similar. Yeah. It was all the same person until 1947, <laughs> from what I understand. And then borders were artificially drawn. Yeah, and it's like, oh look, I'm I'm this now. It's like, yeah. God damn, <laughs> you're gonna this get mad so at me. <laughs> yeah, this is so hard. Like, if anything. Uh, if white people have a problem with it, we should blame them because they were the ones who <laughs> yeah. drew the borders. <laughs> it's like, I'm Vietnamese now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say in a hundred years when China really feels itself a little bit yeah. and decides, you know what? You're Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. Hong Kong will be the first to get swooped up. Uh, that's already happened. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, and then Taiwan. Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taiwan's going to be the first. Mm-hmm. But what was I going to say? You I understand how somebody can't discern the difference. Yeah. It's the same way where my last name, Nguyen, is mm-hmm. very difficult to say when you read it. Yeah. Nguyen. Yeah, Nguyen. Same thing with every time I come across like a very long Indian name. Mm-hmm. I cannot express to you the uh, <laughs> the dread. It's not like, God damn it, I'm not going to embarrass your name. I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, just do I what you normally do. Just take a picture of it and then text me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do I say this? I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and don't, like, type back phonetically. Give me pictures. <laughs> Send me pictures. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> if it's like a moo, there'll be a cow. Yeah, but cow like, emoji. okay. So whenever uh, somebody gets my name wrong, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, ugh. Roll my eyes like, you idiot. You don't know how to pronounce New Wind. Where'd you learn English? <laughs> In America, you dummy. It's like, no, you're going to mess up my name because it's a difficult thing to yeah. kind of phonetically say upon reading. I don't know if I used the correct terms for that, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, that's what we did during the show. And people were not happy with yeah, it at all. Yeah, most of the people were Most not. of the people were Some not Some of the people were not yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were people who were not happy <laughs> because you want to take the stance like, I'm a special snowflake. They should recognize this and know. Yeah. It's like, no, people don't know because one, they don't know. And two, they don't care. Yeah. Not because they're indifferent. It's just the, if you don't have to deal with it on a daily basis, right. then and it doesn't really affect you on your daily life, then why would you... My main thing is if you don't have exposure to something... Yes, Like, how are you supposed to just know? Mm -hmm. Like, these people, a lot of these 
people who feel this way, they're from or they're born in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And if you meet people who were born and raised in the Bay Area and they're like that, you have the right to be the way that you are or as angry as you are. But you go to the middle of the country. When I lived in Denver, I can't tell you how many people would come up to me and be like, you're the first Indian person I've ever met. And you went, I'm Pakistani. (laughs) (laughs) But they're always like, you know what I mean? So it's just, they're like, I don't know how to say your name. Can I call you Ron? And like, yeah, they'd call me Ron. And I'd be like, no, my name is Imran. And that's why I had to create like a phonetic thing for it. But as long as a person's not an asshole, after like two or three times, they'll get it. Yeah. You know? It's like, was it M? How do you say it? It's like M like important and Ron like Ronald. M Ron. That's it. And they're like, no, can I just call you Ron? Like (laughs) that first part is really tripping me up. M Ron. (laughs) I can see it like, uh, like the second or third time, I could see them like scanning the words in their head. Like they're like important Ron. Yeah. (laughs) Important Ron. M Ron. Uh, Steve. But all I'm saying is like, but that, that when comes you grew with up it. with that name, did you ever wish you had an American name? No, actually. Not even like Robert? I, I never even thought about having uh, a quote unquote American name mm-hmm. until I started doing stand up. Would you take your wife's, <laughs> if you got married, would you take your wife's name to make things easier? No, okay. not at all. Because <laughs> you hate women? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist. But I'm not that progressive <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to take my wife's last name. Would you make her take your name? No. Okay. No. I guess you're not that Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> oh, you won't man. cheat on her. You won't make her take your name. Yeah. So I'm going to send her this you're like episode. The, you're the worst Indian person. <laughs> are you going to beat her? <laughs> no. And I'm no. not going to ask her for a dowry either. God damn it. <laughs> I feel like you failed your Indian male culture so much. Because <laughs> can you ask for a dowry to be like lunch <laughs> at work? Because I hate cooking lunch. All right. If like I don't have any food for lunch, then I just <laughs> I won't eat uh-huh. or like I'll just eat garbage. Okay. So that would be the most dowry that I would ever do. I'd be like, you have to make lunch for me if you cook dinner. Make so it why? Because I'm a woman. I have to cook you lunch. It's like, no, because I'm helpless. <laughs> Help me. Help me. Don't make me cheat on you to make me lunch. <laughs> you either make me lunch or I'll find someone who will make me lunch. <laughs> oh, man. And then you'll be so inspired. You'll create the greatest thing ever. Well, that's it for this episode, everybody. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Imran the G. And you can find David at David Nguyen. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.